I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC podcast. He asked me to just close my eyes and feel like feel in your body. Like where, where is the sensation? Mm. Where are these emotions? And they were real. they were up higher. They were way up here. And I had my eyes closed and I was, I was breathing, trying to really like pinpoint where these were and trying to give them shape. And, um, all I could think and all I could feel was like at the exact same time I am expanding and I'm contracting. And it's wildly confusing. Mm-hmm. It's such a confusing feeling. Well, you know what? It's October. It's my favorite month of the year. It's the spookiest month of the year. But you know what comes after the spookiest month of the year? Remembrance Day. The hairiest month of the year. The hairiest month of the year. Oh, yeah. And we are so excited for this November because we, the three of us, are going to be competing head-to-head Squid Game Hunger Games, whatever fucking games you want to call it. Whoa. Yeah. To raise the most amount of money for our dear friends at Movember. Uh, I, I'm, guys, I just want to say my Mo profile page <clears throat> has the greatest picture. I was going to say I'd put it up on the screen for anybody watching on YouTube, but instead I'm just going to say it's in the link in the descriptions of both the podcast and the YouTube channel right now. You have to go to my Mo page. Yeah. To see the picture of, that I photoshopped for my Mo profile pi- picture, it's so it's, by by the time amazing. by the time you by the time this uh, you hear this, there's going to be a page on our website, and that page. Do you want to come up here, buddy? Do you want to come up? That page is going to be on our website, and it's going to have a link to all three of our uh, Mo pages, um, for which we are competing for your love and affection and money, and you can go to. Uh, any one of the pages or all of the pages and you can donate to our Movember fundraising uh, goal we are doing this year. We have, we have teamed up with Movember this year to, uh, to do a couple of things actually. So first, first and foremost to raise money for what Movember does like their mission. Uh, Secondly, we are doing a live show that is specifically for Movember, the Movember community. It's going to be Movember focused. We're going to be speaking with a dear friend of ours, uh, Mitch Hermanson, who is uh, uh, has been a longtime um, uh, advocate and uh, an employee at Movember, doing lots of amazing work in, in a bunch of different roles over the years. Very gonna, cool guy. Very cool guy. Very cool guy. Mitch Hans. Mitch Hans on Instagram. He's he's one of the most handsome people we've ever met. I think. I would say he's like he's like. Um, I was gonna say, speak for yourself, like a, as if it was only you that 
thought he was like really attractive. That but, would be blasphemous. But uh, but it's yeah, it's it's undeniable. He's he's, a he's very very he's very very handsome. And We're, and also he's got the full package, like his personality. Yes, and is, he's got a huge package. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bunch of it, yeah. It's it's a really it's a it's like a it's a it's a Venn diagram, and he's right in the center. And um, we are going to be also talking with Dr. John Olive, um, who works at UBC in uh, men's health promotion at the uh, School of Nursing. And uh, talking all about his work with um, promoting men's health. So Movember is, you know, they've got they've got a few different focuses. Men's health overall is the umbrella. A lot about prostate cancer, testicular cancer, male suicide, male suicide, so, and and the sort of like mental health aspect that Movember has adopted, especially and and really developed over the last few years. And that conversation is, I think, something that is very near and dear to to our heart. I mean, everything mm-hmm. is, but that's that. Um, that really stands out. So we're going to be doing that show on November 8th. That is going to be a free show. Anybody can join. We will be releasing details on that on how you can uh, how you can attend that. And uh, last but not least, we are going to be releasing a, a Movember collection of t-shirts where all of the profits, which is hilarious, it's $6 from every shirt, which is 100% of profits, will go to Movember. So all the profits from that campaign on this, uh, on this collection of merch release, everything will go to Movember. All the designs come in-house from our resident designer, Brian Stever. They are awesome. They're incredible. They're very cool. And uh, they are, they're all uh, a cool kind of um, promotion of, of uh, opening up the conversation around men's health. Mm-hmm. And, and some really cool designs. So we're really excited about that. Hell yeah. Uh, well, that's going to be really exciting. Um, you want to know what else is really exciting? What's that? Tricafta is coming to Nova Scotia, baby. Yeah. And daddy's going to get his hands on it. We fucking did it. It's kind of sweet if you've been watching or listening along for the last few weeks. Like we've been talking, this has been pretty much every week for the last few weeks. We've been yeah. like updating every, you know, all the provinces were like kind of stepping up. There's still some provinces that have yet to um, make their announcement. I believe I could be wrong about this, but I think Manitoba hasn't said anything yet. Newfoundland hasn't spoke up yet, um, and the the territories as well. But uh, PEI came out said they were going to do it. New Brunswick's doing it. Nova Scotia's doing it, and uh, yeah, it was a huge, huge announcement that happened. Um, uh, I think actually last Friday. So. Yeah, um, right. uh, the day that our episode last week came out, um, and I went in for clinic today and got the whole shebang. When you went in, were there like balloons and confetti and shit? Cause uh, I imagine that that place would be like pretty, no. pretty popping off. It, uh, so Sarah, the nurse coordinator who you met. Yeah. Uh, she had a party hat she, on. She, she, she was very excited. Yes. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of excitement happening at the clinic. Uh, a lot of a lot of paperwork that needs to be filled out. Um, but according to Michelle Thompson, the health minister of Nova Scotia, she was quoted saying that all the, all the work on the government side to get it figured out for Nova Scotia should be done by the end of November. Whoa. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, so that happens the end of November it'll likely that I'll get the drug maybe, you know, I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be like a two month period before I get my hands on it. So like, you know, maybe just after my birthday, mid January, I'll 
be on Trek after. Uh, went into clinic today and I asked, I was like, what are you guys thinking? And they were like, as soon as the government finalizes it, so if it is November, end of November, you're going to have that drug in your hands in a week. Whoa. <laughs> so I think I'm going to have it before before Christmas. Wait, so if it, it would be helpful if we all tweeted at Michelle Thompson. <laughs> yeah, right now. Right now. Yeah, yeah, do yeah, it okay. faster. Said, faster. Come on. We're yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. We, we've yeah. been waiting. You yeah. said okay. Now yeah. let's get it together. So they are moving along really quickly, and it is, it's pretty wild. That's so I want to know. So I, I want to. And I also got all the deets on what it means when I start yeah. taking it. And I want to know that I want to know all that. And I want to also know, like dive into just like the emotional feeling of it and how you feel about it. But before we do that, I want to just say how crazy it is that it was maybe a month ago, maybe less than a month ago. We were sitting over at our desks in the office and we, there, there was a, it was the, I think it was the very first announcement that the first one or two or three provinces had, had, had added it to their formula yeah. and they were going to cover it. Yeah. And we were sitting here going, fuck, we need, like, we need to get, we need to get this into your fucking hands as soon as possible. And we were sitting over there, we were scheming, we were talk, texting people, emailing people, emailing scheming. people that we know at insurance yeah. companies. How can we Start, get this? We started, for some reason, we started in OnlyFans, like, just in the process because we thought that, well, that's that just would a, help. That's just fun. Yeah. We were, that's we, just we for filmed, Darren. we filmed something. That's just, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. for Darren's eyes only. Only Film. Darren, only Darren fan. Yeah, we filmed something uh, for the OnlyFans. We filmed something, we filmed something that was like us sitting around scheming, talking about Trek yeah. Captain, how we need to get it into Jeremy's hands. And then within like days, it was like another province falls and another province yeah. falls and another province falls. And then it just became, you know, somewhat apparent that, you know, it was a, it, it was a foregone conclusion. Like Nova Scotia, I mean, it would happen. This stuff doesn't happen overnight though too. So like it, like we kind of knew how, hap- how it, fast the news like yeah, 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 yeah. came. Um, so let's talk about Trikafta. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's first of all, let's look at the drug. So this is from a pamphlet that I received today. Uh, it's going to be, this is the recommended dose. So it's two pills in the morning, one pill in the evening. You got to take those pills with fatty foods. Mm. Um, and you take the, the pills like 12 hours apart, kind of standard for medications. Um, but you take that shit forever. Yeah. Man. And on top of that, as somebody who like really struggles to remember, like I got my Invisalign retainer and uh, like even just putting, I've been really good. There's been like two nights since I've gotten it like three months ago that I haven't worn it, but it's really hard to imagine having to do something every day forever. But you this won't. is one of the things that I'm a little bit nervous about because I I'm bad with that. Mm. But I think this drug is a little it, like it. The drug is so intense and such a big deal that it's like, it's okay, you know. It's like if I I forget to take my vitamins that I I need to take all yeah. the time, or like sometimes I'll forget to take an antibiotic that I'm on when I have like a lung infection. Yeah. But like when I get my bottle of psilocybin microdose <laughs> tablets, I'm like I don't forget that shit. So like you know, it's I guess uh, priorities, and the priority of this is high. Hashtag, hashtag priorities. Um. So so yeah, t- I'll I'll be taking three pills a day. <clears throat> But here's the interesting part. So I asked, I was like, how many of my other pills will I never have to take? So they're like, well, because of your digestion, your pancreas will never work 
the way that it should. So you'll always have to take your enzymes. Wait, is that a good thing though? Because one of the side effects we know is that like, like I guess side effects or symptoms of of like taking Trikafta is that you're somebody who who struggles to put on or keep keep on weight. Yeah. But like when you you know take this pill and you start eating, you know, you're eating burgers and drinking all the time. Does yeah. that mean if like in this specific instance where your pancreas is fucked? Will the taking enzymes still allow you to keep? No. Okay. <laughs> so my pancreas just still doesn't, isn't going to pump out those, those enzymes. Yeah. I'm going to have to take them anyway to digest my food regardless because my body just doesn't have the enzymes, but I'm, I'm still probably going to gain weight. Are you scared about that? No. Okay. I would love to be, I would love to have a dad bod for like a few weeks. <laughs> Perfect. Wait, honestly, like the idea, then, the, like, what's. Tell us about that. Yeah. Tell us about and also for a few. Tell weeks, us about dude? this dad bod desire. Well, a few. I mean, a few weeks, and then I'd be like, "Fuck, fucking, fucking tired of this, man. Like, I, get me out of here. Like, I'm. I need to. I need to shred It's no up. good. When I when I, I need to shred. When up. I was when but, I was. But I've never. I've never. I've never weighed more than 155 pounds in my life. And I'm five foot nine. I'm six foot. I am six foot. <laughs> <laughs> five nine. I'm five nine. Have never weighed more than 155. I would love to know what it feels like to weigh. Dude, it'd be fucking crazy if I weighed 170 pounds. Now, now what saying, if you weighed 200 hold pounds? Hold on, hold you'll on. Don't just feel, you just feel heavy. But, yes, listen, the, and I, that's a feeling that I've never had, and I'm, I want to know what that feels like. Also, then you're going to have to work to, then you're going to have to take cool. up, then you yeah. have to take up cycling. That's with me. Sure, perfect. Guys, it I just want to say, it gives me a reason <laughs> to fucking do it. It gives me a reason to. Oh, okay, I support this. Then. Yes. I just want to say asterisks about having a conversation about um, body and shape and weight and stuff, because I know that this is a very, like very sensitive topic. We can obviously have this conversation with each other because we're open about, you know, weight. Well, you're just talking well, body also, image and stuff like that. And we're having a conversation between us though. Like, I don't want to, I don't want anybody to misconstrue this or project like the fact that you oh, weigh 155 oh, pounds listen, now. Listen right here. Why don't we just yeah. clear it up this way and say, we're talking about us and nobody fucking else. So, well, you don't have that. to get, you don't have to get uh, angry about it. I was just saying, I was just saying, Hey, listen, we understand the importance about, not like I'm not going to walk up to somebody and be like, oh, your body's looking great today because I don't know how they feel about. Well, that's, the, that's the other thing I want to say. When yeah. I get that dad bod, if either of you say a fucking word about my weight, I am going to I'm going to cancel both of you. All right. So 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 I, I am I am I am looking forward to that that element of like of of seeing my weight come up because it's something that I've never seen and actually have always feared of losing too much weight. So that that's an interesting thing that I'm excited about gonna have to take the enzymes pretty much for the rest of my life is there cases because i thought we were having a conversation at one point i thought you wouldn't need to take the enzymes is that like a some people do some people don't or everybody does i'm not sure and i think uh i think we were just like making assumptions okay uh speculation is our specialty (laughs) and we speculated wrong um (laughs) the other thing is that i asked about my my the stuff that i do for my lungs so my ventral nebulizer uh, my hypertonic saline nebulizers. I take another medicine called Palmazyme through my neb. Um, the stuff you're supposed to do, like your physiotherapy. Those types of things. Yeah, exactly. So, which I don't do. And so those, what I was told today was that you, there, there's, the damage has been done to your lungs. So it's not likely that you will not have to do your nebulizer anymore. You're probably still going to have to do it, but 
the perhaps just the Ventolin. So to break that down as to why, the Ventolin is the thing that like opens up the small airways. It's like the vasodilator. So it like opens up the airways so I can get clearer breaths in and out. The other two are the hypertonic saline and the palmazyme. Those are meant to like go into those opened up airways after the Ventolin. Mm -hmm. So I take it after the Ventolin. And those medications go in and they basically, for lack of a better... Um, description, they like chop up. They're like lawnmowers. They, yeah, they cut up the mucus to make it uh, less stuck to the walls and so that I can clear the mucus out. Mm -hmm. Those very well may be booted. Because the trichapta is going to clear up the mucus buildup. Now let's get to that. Oh, because this Here, poses a massive problem for you. Here's an interesting thing about because the basis of CF for people who don't know, which would be crazy since you talk about it like All it's your job, time. which it is, um, is that like CF is in its, if you were going to like really Coles notes CF, mucus builds up. It's very hard. To you do. can't, you can't clear it out. You cough, scars your lungs, lung function goes down. Uh, the coughing doesn't scar the lungs. So, it's, uh, so it, the, the mucus can't clear out. The mucus provides a breeding ground for bacteria. Mm which can lead to illness. The fibrosis comes from, I, 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 you know, all of those different factors. Being filled with mucus, I'm sure maybe the coughing probably doesn't help. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl! Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Um. So on the on the point of the coughing, apparently. People who are taking Trikafta, when they start taking it for the first, sometimes two days, sometimes three weeks, they start like purging. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh. And you are coughing and coughing and coughing. And it's like, like it, it was described today by one of the doctors that someone came in and said, it, I felt like I was clearing out 10 years worth of fucking mucus. It's going to be... Now, it, some like people abs, don't have like this abscess on on Doctor Pimple Popper, where it just keeps coming. It, yeah, just oh. like that. So, so, so there was there was one woman who was taking it, and she she basically three weeks in was like, I I don't know if this is worth it. It was so bad for her that she was like, I I might tap out, and then the next day, it stopped, and she, she was like, and and she had a thirty percent lung function when she got it, and Whoa. the next day when it stopped, she was like, holy fuck. I can breathe. Whoa. For like the first time in decades. So it, it's like, uh, it's like, imagine your, your lungs and stuff are like a, a swampy green swimming pool. And then like those pool cleaners come in and they spend yeah. like, I don't know, a few days yeah. or a few weeks coming in and like really shocking that pool. And then all of a yeah. sudden one day it's mm. just totally clear. Yeah. I, and, then, I, and then you can have sex in it. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of, it made me think about ayahuasca. I've never done yeah, ayahuasca, I but, I, but I know that there's a big yeah. purge involved in that. So I was like, oh, it's a, it'll be like my own little ayahuasca retreat, but way more disgusting. Um, so there's that. 
the other thing is that so then I was like the the number one question I had was I know exactly what it was. I am infertile because I have CF. I shoot blanks. I don't even yeah, I, I don't even shoot blanks. Shoot I shoot water. The I just tubes shoot, are clogged. Yeah. H, it's murky H, I, H2O. I, I just shoot coconut water. So I was like, yo, do I have to be do I have to start wearing protection again for baby purposes? For baby purposes. And the the first uh, person who I was talking to at the clinic, who's the dietitian, she was like, "Oh, I don't know." She was like, "I I think it it's definitely that way for females. Like, there's been some unexpected pregnancies with the females taking trichafta. Well, because what's happening in the female body with the infertility is that the cervix is covered in mucus. So basically, they've got a built-in I, I, uh, IUD." Crazy. So she was like, it might actually be the case. Uh, I'm going to have to go ask the, the, the physician, Dr. Morrison. So I was like, holy shit. I had this like fucking panic moment. And I texted yeah. you guys. I was like, guys, I think I got to start buying condoms. Nancy Morrison came in and she was like, she went through everything and she goes, and about the fertility. No, you don't have to worry about it. Because uh-huh. my vast deference basically doesn't have there's no, there's just no um there's there's no highway which like that's the thing they cut when you get a vasectomy I that's think. right i basically it, already have a vasectomy your your tubes are clogged no they're not clogged no, they're, they're not even connected they're not yeah they're just not even like connected to the there's there's nothing to unclog because there's the, the 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 sperm are forever trapped they're never going to get out. I wonder Wait, if because wonder, the but because the vast deverns are clogged though or because No, cuz they're just like not connected. Do you think How do they not connect? Why are they not connected though? I don't know, Brian. Just because that's he was born with CF and yeah, that's a thing. That's just the thing, I guess. Huh. I wonder if like if you went in there and you were like I I want to have kids and I want to have kids my own blah, blah 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 whatever. I wonder if if they could like the same way that they undo they that they snip it for a vasectomy. I wonder if they could attach it and like make yeah, it. I, I know I, that IVF is the way to go for people with CF. Yeah, you just go in. I imagine they just like put a needle in your. Yeah. Ball. I know your your balls aren't where your sperm exists, but they just put a needle in your balls and go and suck at the sperm and, and yeah, then stick it in the hoo ha. Are your sperm? Go, are your sperm not in your balls? They don't no. stick it. Where in are the they? Hoo-ha. I think they're up. They're maybe up a little deeper. They're not in your testicles, I don't think. Your your sperm? Yeah. I thought they were. I thought that was like no. the whole I come yes. on. I think that's the factory yes. floor, my, my yes, friend. Dude. Come on. Inside the testicles? Yes, well, where dude, else that's what is the, it going to happen? It's the exact where same thing. Not, as like They're like basically. I just Googled where are the sperm. Oh, like, they are in your testicles. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. wow, the balls are the ovaries. Do you gaslight me hard there? I was like, there's no way, dude. They're way up in here. I was like, is that a liberal? Mean? That's a liberal use, a pretty liberal usage of the of the term gaslighting. Yeah, right? yeah, no, yeah. dude. I was, I was, <laughs> right? I didn't, no, if I knew they were in the balls, I was telling you that shit. I'm calling this episode uh, Jeremy Gaslit. Oh, yeah, here it is here. Jeremy so they're, Gaslit. They're, me. they're in your balls. Face. Wow, that's so crazy. They're in your balls. Uh, I, as if I did. I mean, why would I know that? I, I don't fucking have sperm to know about. But uh, they it's go in your balls and they go up anatomy. the vast deferens and then out the... It's basic the other user. people human anatomy, not, not chairs. It, because it's like it's it, it's like basically the equivalent of the ovaries. Right. Sure. Outside of your body. Right. Yeah. Eggs, sperm. I mean, outside of your body. That's where they... Yeah. Like they're <laughs> hanging testicles. out. They're hanging out. They're in a pouch outside. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a vestibule. So, uh, <laughs> so I don't have to worry about having a kid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um... <laughs> 
And then uh, the other thing is I can't drink grapefruit juice anymore. Not that I cared. Wait. Grapefruit juice sucks. Why? It does. It really does. Wait, why it's way can't too you drink? Tart. It interacts with the drug. It, it, there's a lot of drugs out there that exist that you aren't supposed to take grape juice with and, uh, or, and, or grapefruit, period. So um, Trikafta is one of them. And oh. if I drank grapefruit juice, it would be no bueno. Okay, so let's talk about if you miss one set of pills or one day. It pills. says it. So this is it. This is the pamphlet that I was given, uh, and it says in here what to do. Uh, basically, basically, if you miss a dose, uh, if you've missed taking the morning dose or an evening dose, and it's been less than six hours, take the missed dose. If you miss taking a morning dose and it's been more than six hours, take the missed morning dose. But do not take the evening dose. Oh, okay. And if you miss the evening dose and it's more than six hours, don't take the missed evening dose. Just take it on your next morning. Hmm. So, so <clears throat> okay, go ahead. Well, yeah, so that, that's, that's pretty much, I think that's all the things that like, that kind of stuck out to me. Um, so they, they've been, so the other thing is that they've been seeing on average at the clinic here, they're seeing the lung function come up about 10% in the folks mm-hmm. that, that take it. Apparently it's really hard to estimate that though because it is it will come up much more if your lung function is really low so if you have like 30 yeah. percent lung function there's a chance that you could go up to like 50 or 60 yeah but if you're at like 85 percent yeah you might only come up a few percentage points yeah so uh so my lung function today was 62 63 um so you know fuck by january it could be up in the 70s which but you'll be able to like you'll years. be able to fucking breathe yeah like a like, like normal. It, Breathe I mean, normal. Norm, my, normal to the function yeah, that you have. Yeah, my you, my energy levels will probably be through the roof. Like it, it's it's going to be a big change, especially if you start using your CPAP machine again. Never. <laughs> so how do you feel? That's crazy. How do you feel? Like emotion. Okay, so th- this is something that on when we got the when we got the news on last Friday that Trikafter was going to be here. Um, you know, we were texting with each other and we made a post on Instagram and it was like, you know, oh my God, like let's celebrate this and everything. And Bry, Bry FaceTimed me and I tried and, to FaceTime both of you twice and neither yeah. one of you. Well, you were out with some other group of friends that we don't know. I know them now. They're very sweet. Yeah. Okay. Well, so came out with I'm them. withholding judgment because I didn't meet them. Mm. And, uh, Jar and I played Warzone and we chatted about it and then and then we talked on the phone, Brian, and I, and I thought, and I said to you, you know, I, I'm not like this, our inclination is like celebration, but also this is like, this is like your, like a, a chunk of your life that you've known and not that you're not going to know it. Cause like you said, you can still got to take the pills and still got to do your, do treatments and stuff. But like CF is, CF is, you've come to, to a fork in the road and CF is going in a different direction for mm-hmm. you now. And, and I said to Brian, I don't like, I don't know exactly how Jeremy feels about it in terms of like a, like a life expectancy change and like all that stuff. Like, no, no, I'm not I sure actually, a, I actually specifically said, Taylor, where's Jer? Let's go celebrate. Let's go get some beers and celebrate. And Taylor was like, uh, well, I'm actually kind of settled in at home now. And, you know, besides, <laughs> besides Jer and I kind of celebrated earlier today, I was, I was just hanging out with him and I was like, oh, you were at his house. And he was like, no. We were playing Call of Duty together, and I was like, "That's the celebration." He was like, "Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, pretty and you, much. And you That's know, and you know, I have responsibilities at home. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've got. You know, I've got those. this. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, this 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 is a discussion that we haven't had yet. And um, when the news came out that it was available, that Nova Scotia was going to do it. All right, actually, let me rewind. In the middle of the lockdown, like first wave, intense COVID was the announcement that Trikafta was coming to Canada, that Canada has approved Trikafta. Mm-hmm. And the next step was that it was going to have to go through the product, the process of review through CADIF, which is like the regulating body that essentially tells the, the government whether or not they think the provinces should or should not fund the drug. It's not a binding recommendation. The provinces then, you know, if 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 Kavis says we think that this is worth it, you should you should approve it. Then the provinces make their choice whether they want to or not. Mm-hmm. When that announcement came out before the Cadith review, I I I got I broke down, like emotionally I broke down at tears of joy, like I cried tears of joy because it was like wow, this is such a huge monumental moment. On Friday, when Nova Scotia was like, we're going to approve the drug, I didn't have that same reaction. And that same morning, uh, CBC reached out for an interview on Maritime Noon, which is a local radio station show here. And they were like, you know, of course, the first question, they're like, big news. Like, how do you feel? And I didn't know how to answer that question because it, it, I, was in, I, I felt really weird. Mm-hmm. It was a really, it was a really weird sensation, and the sensation was like, I, and I couldn't articulate it. In the interview, I think I said, "This is really huge," and I'm, I'm, I'm elated, and um, it's like it, it, it feels like it hasn't really hit me yet, and that was the only way I could really describe. It, it was like it hasn't hit me yet. Either way, <laughs> yeah, and a week now has gone by, and. I still am having a hard time articulating how it feels. At first I was thinking, maybe I can't, maybe I'm having a hard time conceptualizing what I'm in for because I don't know anything. Everything I've experienced to this point in my life has been progressive decline. And it's, it's very rare, if ever, that I've experienced progressive incline in terms of my lung function or health in general. It's always been declining. Um, so I was thinking like, oh, well, maybe it's maybe until I get the drug and I take it that I will then start to feel the incline and then I'll be able to, to put to words how this feels, this, this new sensation, this new life. And then I went into clinic this morning. And the way clinic works is that you you sit in a room and like um, all the team members come in. So like the respirologist, the, the RT comes in and the, the, the dietitian comes in, uh, the, you know, the physiotherapist comes in, the, the, the respirologist, the doctor comes in. And I, I saw everyone. And of course, they're all talking about trichapta. And then... Um, 
I got my blood work done and it was time, it was time to go. And Sarah, the nurse coordinator was like, Oh, do you want, uh, Sule is here. Have you seen Sule yet? And I was like, no, Sule is the, uh, the, the, the psychologist. Mm. So she was like, all right, cool. Sule will come in and then you're good to go. And so Sule came in and he was like, Hey, how you doing? And I was like, I'm good. I'm really good. And he's like, big news. I was like, yeah, I know. He's like, how do you feel about it? And I, I just like, I started breaking. I just broke down and started crying. And I was trying to like, I was, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say to, to Sule. So we started talking about it a little bit. And I said to him, one part of me is so fucking happy. And the part of me that's happy isn't happy for me. It's happy for like my friend Tracy, who has a child that was recently born that has CF. Like I think of Tracy and I go, mm-hmm. fuck, yeah. What an amazing time for her and her kid. But then when I think about me, and I don't want anyone to, to, to hear this and take it the wrong way. I am not, everything I'm about to say does not mean that I am not happy that there is a drug that is almost as good as a cure. Because I am. And I don't want people to hear me say this and think that I don't want to take this drug because I do. But one thing that I don't think people maybe are considering is how fucking trippy it is to live your entire life with this one outlook that you spend so much of your time thinking about And that outlook being a shortened life expectancy. And that outlook being like statistics based on this disease that you have. And for me, you know, from 10 years old up until, I mean, our first episode, our first second episode of the podcast, I said to Matt Amiot, I said, I'll be dead in eight years probably. Mm -hmm. That was six years ago. It wasn't that long ago that I was convinced that like I'm in my, I'm, I'm right now in this moment in my life, I should be in my end stage of life. I've spent a lot of time thinking about that and accepting that and embracing that. And now this drug comes along and it completely changes that as far as we know. And that is something that is really fucking me up. Because I feel like it's almost um, it's almost as if I have to grieve my own identity. Which is a really fucking trippy thing to say. Mm-hmm. And man, it's like like it's what you've known, you know, your whole life. It's all I've known. And, um, you know, like I, I joke a lot. It's, I mean, it's a running joke in the podcast and I've joked a lot. And I even joked about it in the interview on CBC the other day 
Like I didn't plan to live long. I haven't planned for retirement. You know, those are, those are things that like I truly didn't think about because I truly didn't believe. And now I feel kind of bummed that I have to start thinking about it. <laughs> because it's, yeah. it's, it's just a hard thing to think about. And so this, um, this like grieving of your own identity is just something that I, I wasn't prepared for. And it's this, what's, we did this, um, we did this exercise in theater school when I went to Ryerson and basically the exercise was you would walk around the room with all the other people in your class, act, actors, and you had two things that you could say out loud. You could either say I'm contracting or I'm expanding. And I believe the point of the exercise was just to see how you how you react and how you feel by saying and 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 and, and expressing one of those two things to people around you and how you react to others saying those things around you. So you come up to someone and you say, I'm expanding. And they say, I'm contracting. How does that feel for you? If you say again, I'm expanding. And you know, like you want them to expand with you they continue to say I'm contracting like, how does that how does that play out between the two of you and it was a really uh, I mean you know it, it might be hard to to understand the exercise if you're not in the if you're not an actor or if, you're, if you've never been in that that kind of position but it, it was a very like uh it was a very visceral experience doing that in a room full of people. I can imagine what it would be like too, in the sense that like, it's like if you feel like somebody's not matching your energy. Yeah. So yeah, something like that. Right. And so, so anyway, I was talking, when I was talking to Sule today, he was like, he asked me to just close my eyes and feel like, feel in your body. Like where, where is the sensation? Mm. Where are these emotions? And they were real. they were up higher. They were way up here. And I had my eyes closed and I was, I was breathing, trying to really like, pinpoint where these were and trying to give them shape and um all i could think and all i could feel was like at the exact same time i am expanding and i'm contracting and it's wildly confusing mm -hmm. it's such a confusing feeling because i am on one on one side i am so fucking excited and happy and um relieved but then on this other side the other side i'm 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 like i'm like almost angry and scared and confused and um it's a very it's a very weird and uh it's very weird and and again i'm still in a place where it's hard for me to like quite articulate quite what i'm feeling yeah i think you're doing a perfect job articulating it and and i i wonder if because the way that we've really painted this is really one dimensional over like the course of the last 
six plus years and talking about Trek Captain. It's like, and as we, a, and as a, we should, yeah. because we have a platform where we need to do that in order to get people to talk about it, to get the, the funding to go through. It's like, of course, that's our, yeah. that's our job. And, our job and, is and, to push that message forward for the positive because it's a necessity. And it, and it is. And I totally agree yeah. with you on that. But when we're talking about it on a personal level, with you going through this experience of getting it, it's not a one dimensional experience. And that was the thing I said to Sule today. It's like something I've been thinking about a lot lately. I think we've even been talking about it off air a lot lately is that we, the importance of nuance and everything is nuanced. Mm -hmm. Yet we live in this, we live in a time right now where at least it seems like unlike any other time before this, Nothing is more black and white. You know, you're, you are either, if you believe in this, then you must be this. And mm -hmm. if you think or say this, then you have to be this. And there's no room for nuance anywhere. Yet I find myself in this position that is very black and white for the most part. But there is deep nuances involved in this that... Not everyone is seeing or considering or thinking. And, and I, know, I, like, I know that in saying this, there's going to be someone with CF listening who absolutely does not get or, or feel what I feel. But I also Don't, know for sure that there's people listening to this with CF who are like, man, I'm in the same fucking boat. Like, it, this is fucking trippy. But it, and it doesn't matter. And not that it doesn't matter that they feel that way. Like, it, like everybody's individual experiences is their own but you just said like this is very black and white like it's a good thing but i disagree with that in the sense that it's very black and white in terms of like this is a miracle drug that helps save people's lives and prolong you know health expectancy and life expectancy but it is like your experience of this changing you know the way that you identify with yourself is not is is i think probably is a very common experience and it's okay. It's like, I, I imagine when Sule came in and, and said, how do you feel? Like I, I kind of laughed when you said that because the first thing that my therapist seems to always say to me is how do you feel? Yeah. And I always feel really great until my therapist asked me. And then I have yeah. this like emotional, Oh my God, I'm in a place where yeah. I can fucking talk to you about all this stuff. It's so fucking hard. And then, and then you start to like, like imagine not and not, I'm not going to turn this into a plug for therapy guys, but, but like, as soon as somebody asks you how you really feel about something, it's okay to feel different way, like to feel a whole yeah. bunch of different feelings at the same time. It's okay to feel the good and excited feelings about like what potential new life this could bring. It's okay to feel fucking scared and grieve like what life was like before this, because we are super complex beings with all different emotions and levels of of intensities that we feel those emotions and it it's okay to feel all of that yeah. and like the thing that i find really um crazy about this experience is that like you know taylor and i have been kind of saying this since the beginning like oh jared like you're gonna there's gonna be something that comes along that like you know extends your life expectancy again and for me i'm like oh this is this is that thing this yeah. is this is really great but like what I failed to recognize, failed to recognize before this is like what that means for like, I mean, you've grown up knowing this one thing to be true about your life, which is, you know, I have a life expectancy of 
what, 30-ish, 40 years? And now all of a sudden that would be like somebody coming to me and saying, hey, the average life expectancy of uh, of uh, human like you is 80 years. Yeah. But, you know, there's this new thing that now you're going to live to be 160. How does that make you feel? And that would be really fucking unsettling might not be the right word, but it would certainly fucking jarring be. Yeah. Shocking yeah. nonetheless. Yeah. Well, I. um Oh, I'm emotional. Yeah. In a crazy way right now. And yeah. I'm fucking expanding. Oh, it's okay, guys. Oh, fuck. Because when we met, we were in a room in Brazil. I knew that we were going to be best friends as soon as we met. And you told me you had CF. And I remember thinking to myself, Fuck, I'm making a best friend and he might not be around that long. And I really want this new best friend to be around as long as possible. And you told me about this kid who had done something. He was like some science phenom. It's always sticks out in my head. This like I don't oh, know, he yeah. was like fifteen or sixteen years old and he had done something that kid in they Toronto, thought kid in Toronto at a at a fucking high school science fair. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he and you said this kid has done something and like they think it might be in 10 years, you know, could be like 10 years from now, something that, um, you know, cures CF. And you said that and I, I never forgot that. And I held that so close and thought there's going to be something, there's going to be something that comes along and, and keeps you here longer. And, um, you know, I, I'm so lucky all the time. And I knew that that would happen. And I thought, and I thought, dude, as long as this motherfucker's in my life, he's getting something that's yeah. going to gonna happen because I'm too lucky. I haven't gotten much of that luck lately. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, it's a weird place to be. And like this, this Sule was the one that, that, Basically, you know, he was the one that said, do you think that you feel like this is a form of grief? And I, and I was like, oh, whoa. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I think that's exactly what this is. Like I like. He kind of hit the nail on the head in that it is it's it's a, it's I'm grieving. Uh, it's a it's a form of like identity grief and. You know, like everything, I, I, like my whole career over the last six years has been based on to some degree, not fully, but like to some degree based on this notion, right? All the public speaking I do mm -hmm. is based on that notion. I'm going to die. And now I'm like, yeah. fuck, I got to write a bunch of new talks. Like <laughs> I, I, gotta, I can't, I can't use this narrative anymore, but, but it's uh, not, it, that's not actually why I'm, I'm bummed, but, but, right, but, it, but it's, but like that is a thing where it's like, wow, like no joke that like, holy fuck, I have to write a whole new narrative but for, it, for my for my life, not for my talks. Right. I need, I am now, I am now looking at cultivating a new narrative and that's, that's daunting. Like I don't, that I don't is know a, if, I don't know if it's, it's like, I don't know if it's, and maybe it's helpful for you to look at it that way too. And, and, and to grieve that because it is healthy to grieve that. But like, it's the same narrative 
it's just a, a, like a new chapter in the sense that you're in the, and I mean that in the sense that like when the talks that you've done, when you talk about like living with the shortened life expectancy and what that means to confront your own mortality in that way, the, your experience of knowing what that truly feels like is not gone. No, that's not gone. It's that's, not. But it's but the, so narr- the narrative is changed. Like my values aren't going to change. You right. know, I'm going to be who I was who and who I am and who I always will be. But like the way I live my life is going to be very different. You know, like up to this point in my life, like I've had to be very um, aware of certain risks and 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 things like that and and like thinking about thinking like especially when it comes to like thinking about the future like the 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 thought of having children mm-hmm. i don't want children now but there was a point in my life where i really wanted kids and thought to myself but i can never have kids because not because i can't because i can i can go in and have in vitro done i can do ivf but i don't ever want to have kids because i don't want to grow up mm-hmm to have my kids grow up without a father. Like that was the, th- that was one of the things that I struggled with in my youth of, of thinking, well, like no point in getting married, no point in having children because like who the fuck wants to marry a dying guy. And like, who's who in the right minds having a kid when they know their kids just going to not have their dad around. And although I don't want children now and never will, it doesn't take away the feelings that came with that the, the the struggle that came with that that like epiphany as a as a as a sixteen year old boy. The same thing applies to like thinking about my future, like my my you know my my financial future, my my relationship future. It's like I, I haven't talked to Bridie about this yet. I haven't talked to Leah about this yet. And I, 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 you know, I have a feeling I know what their stance is. They're, they're going to be really excited about it. But even for them, you know, for Bridie, it's like she was, she's always just assumed the same assumptions that I've had. I mean, that had a huge, obviously, your CF and your, your expectations for how long you'll live influenced influenced you know getting married at a young age yeah and and like that and you know making sure that you you know you like making sure that you like you knew what you wanted like you got like clearer about what you wanted a younger age Mm -hmm. and like that's and now that's flipped on its head yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it even it even played like it even played a role in like our our relationship dynamics and like our our, you know, the whole like polyamory thing, it, CF wasn't the thing, but it was, it played a part. It played mm-hmm. a part in that, like the shortened life expectancy played a part in that. So it's like all these things that CF has affected in my life, all of a sudden aren't being affected or aren't going to be affected the way that they were. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just trippy. What do you? Sorry. And the other thing I was going to say is like I'm not I'm not I'm not ignorant to the fact that we are always changing. Like nothing, everything is impermanent, including 
who we are as a, as, as a person, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the two of you are not the same person today that you were five years ago. And you're not the same person that you were five years before that. And as of December, I'm not going to be the same person that I am today. Mm -hmm. And as much as I know that, and I'm aware of this, like a notion, this, this, this philosophy that, that, nothing is permanent. It doesn't change the fact that like, sometimes you want to hold on to something. Sometimes you want, you, you don't want to let go of something that you feel so familiar with. And so, mm-hmm. um, it's like, it's like a, it's like, It's like my nephew, Austin, like watching him over the last year, watching my sister trying to like pull his Susie away, trying to like get that Susie out of the picture and seeing him wanting to, to go back to it constantly. And then seeing him like accepting, giving it to her, but still knowing he wants it, even though he's got the autonomy to say, no, okay, no, you're right. You're like, I'm, I'm going to hand it over to you. He's still, you can still see him like, like fucking itching to get it back into his mouth. And it's like, this is my, this, this, this version of CF that I know is like my, it's my Susie. It's the thing that I, yes, I'm, I'm, I am consciously ready to hand it over. But there is a part of me that's like, uh, but I'm not like, even though I'm there, I'm not sure if I feel ready for it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what a Susie is, but it sounds really cute. It's um, it's that thing you put in your mouth and you hey, suck soother. on a little like nipple, sucky suck, <laughs> soother. Yeah, is that what they call a soother? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's a it's rave culture. Don't worry about it. <laughs> do you, uh, Jer, what do you think? Like with 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 all of this being said, and obviously like the next bit of time is going to be if probably a roller coaster of feeling good and feeling yeah. and grieving this. Like, what do you think is going to be the hardest part about grieving this sort of shift in identity? I don't know. I'm really not sure. Mm -hmm. I, I, again, like, I don't think I, everything I said to, to the two of you just now is like, it's, this is the first time I'm thinking and saying it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I guess time will tell, you know, the next couple of months will be mm-hmm. interesting to say the least and, and intense and beautiful and fucking scary. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know for, for, uh, for what it's worth. I, I, I don't know if, I don't know if it's helpful for you to hear this or not, but like, I think because I, like, I'm just trying to imagine what it would, would be it would be like to go through this. And I, and I imagine that the hardest part is that like, you know, like everybody sees this as such a great thing because it is like it, it's, it is, you know, yeah. it's, it's such a great thing. But I think that, you know, like un- until we just had this conversation right now, you know, I would probably approach the next few months just being like, ah, oh, dude, it's fucking awesome. Like yeah. the way that I called last, last week and was like, let's go for celebratory yeah. beers and stuff, which like, obviously, you know, it's, it's an, an exciting thing to celebrate, but just like, from my perspective now knowing that it's like 
not just you know a hundred percent one way yeah uh in terms of what you'll be going through in terms of feelings i feel like it's a really healthy conversation to have and talk about and i just want you to know that like i understand yeah like, i understand that it's not going to be always happy yeah. and that's that's okay it doesn't have to be yeah um and i'm expanding too and i am both expanding and, and contracting still um that's okay well let's leave it at that yeah let's let's i don't even I, I had a bunch of stuff prepped, but we can do it next week. No, um, it's not. I'm not really in the. Well, actually, here we'll do, we'll leave we'll leave everyone with one <laughs> one feel good Friday piece that I think. Um, should we all just do it like a, a? Should we just do a group hug before we transition into that? <laughs> I just want to hug you like guys. Our, let's do, let's do a group high five. The mic's uh, just yeah, too much just going just on. Too here. much. Too, the logistics <laughs> are too much for us. Here, check out this video. Like, it's of, great that we're recording this, but I'm really just glad that like we are having this conversation. So uh, this is what we'll leave you with today, folks. Uh, this is Lucas Lucina. He has cerebral palsy, and he was in a wrestling match with uh, another kid, Austin Scranton. And um, this is what uh, a lot of the internet is calling true sportsmanship between these two kids. So uh, Austin Scranton, who is going against Lucas, Austin in the blue, essentially... um, put himself in the position of going against Lucas in this match in order for Lucas to to put to work all of the moves that he was practicing all season. (laughs) Get him, Lucas. Get him, Lucas. Get him. Go, 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 go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Roll him over. Roll him. Come on, bud. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Austin's not he's not he's not going easy on him. No. He's making it a challenge. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. (laughs) And he gets the pin for the win. Fuck yeah. And then Austin helps him up. How about that? (laughs) That was very sweet. Isn't that sweet? That was very sweet. Um, before we do wrap up, I just want to say, um, that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, our our boy, our boy, Alex Dowsett, who was on the show, uh, uh, we released the episode back in April with Alex Dowsett. He's a professional cyclist. Um, um, somebody who I follow really closely in, in following pro cycling. And, um, in 2015, he took the most prestigious, uh, accolade in cycling, 
um, which is the world hour record, super simple on an indoor velodrome track, how far the farthest somebody can go in an hour. Very simple, very brutal. Um, he took that record. It's been since uh, taken twice um, uh, or beaten three times. He's uh, And now he is going back for a second round um, to try and beat it. He has to go uh, 50 over, I think the record right now is 55.2 kilometers in 60 minutes, which is fucking insane. Um, he lives with hemophilia. He has a charity called Little Bleeders. His uh, hour record attempt was supposed to be last year. It got postponed because he got COVID last minute. And he's doing it November 3rd. Um, uh, and if you want to watch it, it is going to be, I think, broadcast uh, streamed by UCI. If you look up UCI on YouTube, they'll be streaming it on the day of the event. I'm not Wait. exactly sure what time it is. But he's 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 raising money for Little Bleeders, his charity, um, that he started to raise awareness um, and uh, and raise the quality of life for people living with hemophilia. So that's November 3rd, and uh, I'm going to be watching because I'm a huge cycling nerd, um, but I hope you will too. And uh, we'll put the link in the description for his charity. I can't remember exactly what it is. It's Charity's Little Bleeders. He's from Brit- Britain, so it's probably like .co.uk, <laughs> I'm assuming. But uh, yeah. we'll put the link in the description. Uh, folks, thanks for tuning yeah. in this week, um, and uh, we really appreciate all your support. Um, to our patrons, we love you more than anyone else. And then to everyone else, uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating or review on Spotify, hit the follow button. And if you're here on YouTube, we love you too. Leave a comment below. What are your thoughts? Um, and if you have CF and you're watching, definitely want to hear your thoughts in the comments. Mm. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. We come at you three times a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So we'll see you on Monday. Um, and again, thanks for, thanks for just, uh, loving on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to send, you know, we were just a bunch of s- sobbing, emotional, um, puddles, uh, in here today. And if you have your, uh, story that you want to share about, um, whether it's, uh, maybe it's you getting your hands on Tricapta, maybe it's a, a friend, uh, or, a or a, a loved one that it might be getting their hands on them, or maybe somebody who's, uh, still doesn't have access to it and is hearing this story and is um and is is you know still fighting for it um let us know send us an email to letters at sickboypodcast.com and if you want to be a guest on the show it's sick uh sickboypodcast.com slash contact yeah uh thanks to the people who make the show happen uh, jeff lonis our manager um guys i love doing this with you and uh, rich o'coin who does the theme music um also to the advocacy groups like CF Get Loud who Ooh. helped make uh, Trikafta in mm-hmm. Canada a possibility. Yeah. Thank you so much. We are eternally grateful. Yeah. All right, CF folks. Canada and all the politicians that made it happen too. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.